So this is Late to the Party, episode two. Yep. Come touch me like I'm an ordinary man. Have a look in my eyes. Underneath my skin there is a violence. It's got a gun in its hands. I think last time we attempted to do introductions a little bit, but we never really said who we are. Like, I tried to get you to say your name, and I think that that came off a little weird and awkward, and I'm probably going to cut it out because it didn't go very well. But I think we should tell people who we are and what our, our name is, at least, and uh, maybe why uh, why they should listen to us talk about video games. Oh. Well, I'm Andy Anderson. And, um, first of all, I have a cool name, which just makes everything I say Which is, of better. course, why, yeah, that's why anyone should listen to us, is, is the names, and, and the names are everything. <laughs> um, I really like video games, but I also have a background in literature and writing, and I look at them, uh, look at them from that perspective very much. Yeah, I think we both kind of come to games from a bit of a, a liter- literary or at least kind of a larger cultural perspective rather than just as entertainment, which of course is why we talk about them a lot. It's probably how we justify them to ourselves, but sure. Yes. <laughs> hey, it's not, it's not a, a fake justification to me. Like it's no. a thing I can't stop doing. Um, I'm just saying that's where it might have started. Maybe. <laughs> and I am Jonathan Anderson, and uh, I don't have as much of a literary background as you. We talked a little bit about how much each of us reads respectively last time, and you definitely come out ahead there. And then, you know, you studied uh, literature a bit more than I did. Uh, but uh, so so I come maybe from a more traditional tech background um, with respect to this. Um, but yeah, like our, our interests and the way we approach video games tends to come up into long rambling conversations about minutia, but in, in kind of more of the cultural bent, not as much of like technical stuff about the games, but why they're interesting or why specific things in them are notable or, or interesting to us. And every time we have a conversation like that, I think, wow, everyone else should hear about this conversation and we should record it because it would be interesting to them. And maybe it will be. Maybe. And hopefully we'll find out. We think we're really fascinating. Yes. (laughs) But one of those conversations that we had, and uh, this is kind of the first test of the idea of of doing a a podcast like this, is we, we had this conversation about a video game trailer that kind of came out of nowhere. I showed you this trailer just because I thought the trailer itself was interesting, not because mm-hmm. I have any atta- um, uh, any attachment to the game or even the company that makes it, really. Um, but in kind of the same way I might show you a music video, I thought that the trailer was kind of neat uh, and interesting to see. Neat. Neat. Uh, and so that that... And it kind of spiraled out into this conversation about of all things like gender politics in in media and video games and portrayal of women in, in media. And the conversation was really great. So we're going to try and reproduce that here and hopefully have some something of that conversation and, and 
you're grimacing. Maybe. I'm a little afraid this is going to be like when you write a paper for school and it gets accidentally deleted and you have to write it again and it's just never the same. Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> so the game in question is Cyberpunk 2077. And I guess the, the first question I should ask you is what do you know about Cyberpunk? And I don't mean the concept, but what do you know about uh, this game and, and where it's coming from. Do you know anything about it? No, no. nothing. I Pretty much nothing just this trailer. So, so Cyberpunk is apparently, and, and I also should be clear that I don't really know anything about Cyberpunk. This is just a little bit about... I think it has uh, robots. Uh, see, I, that's actually surprising to me, is I think that it doesn't, or oh. at least that it's not as big a part of it as I thought it then was I'm to look at this trailer. But Terribly uh, confused. Yeah. Uh, so Cyberpunk is a... Uh, a franchise of pen and paper RPGs, so like Dungeons and Dragons, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and the first one's now, I guess, called Cyberpunk 2013 because that's when the first edition was supposed to be set. And then the second edition, which is apparently the most popular one that people kind of know, is Cyberpunk 2020. And then there's a third edition also that I don't know what year it's supposed to be set in. But this is a game that is supposed to be set in that universe specifically. It's not just some generic uh, fantasy cyberpunk universe. It is like an established franchise. So already we're kind of coming to it from the outside because we don't know anything about that. We have a little bit of pen and paper background, but it's really D&D &D and Pathfinder and that kind of thing. Uh, but... The second part of it that might be a little bit more, uh, you know, people who would listen to this might be a little bit more familiar with, but we probably still aren't, is that the game is being developed by a company called CD Projekt Red. Um, and you probably know about the Witcher series. Uh, we haven't played any of the Witcher games, but that's what they're most notable for. It's kind of an open world RPG game, kind of halfway between maybe a Bioware game and a... Uh, and an Elder Scrolls game is kind of what it sounds like. Okay. Witcher 3 came out last year or the year before. Relatively recently, it was a huge success. Um, quite critically acclaimed. And then CD Projekt, the, uh, the company, kind of the parent company for CD Projekt Red, owns Good Old Games or GOG.com, which is kind of the closest competitor to Steam that there is for a, a kind of multi company place that you can buy games digitally online so like we bought the witness on gog for some reason um so that's kind of interesting uh also i guess one other piece of history about cd project that came up uh so they're a, a polish developer and like the witcher okay. is based on some, a series of novels uh from a polish author and there's a, a kind of a deep connection there but they did the polish localization of the Baldur's Gate series uh, okay. is one of the first things that they did. So they have kind of this weir really weird long-standing relationship with Western-style RPGs, but from, you know, maybe a perspective that we're not familiar with, this kind of uh, East uh, uh, European um, perspective on it. So all of that kind of sounds interesting to see them do something that isn't what we might think of as relatively generic sword and sorcery fan uh fantasy they've pretty much done the witcher and they're up to witcher 3 but they've been teasing this cyberpunk game for i think oh, let me check my notes i think it was 2013 when that trailer came out okay he generally knows much more about what's going on in the video game world than i do i just play them sometimes yeah one of us is an obsessive and the other one is just intelligent <laughs> oh, thank you 
sometimes when he 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 talks about all these things like I know what they are I I I don't I I don't know what a lot of those those games he just talked about are. Yeah, Cyberpunk 2077. The, this trailer was first shown in 2013. I would think it was some kind of like show just for them. It was some larger presentation that they were doing on their okay. company. Uh, and you know, it, it ends with, or it it nearly ends with this tagline. You know, available when it's done or out or no coming when it's done. I think is what it says. Useful. Uh, and, and well, it, you know, of course they they seem to be. Uh, dedicated to doing one thing at a time and well is kind of how they're they're coming off right now. Oh, so. Sure, if you like uh, it that way. Sure, and nobody really knows anything about this game other than this teaser trailer, what they can glean from predicting based on the cyberpunk universe, uh, and that's about it. And they don't really talk about it much. Uh, so I showed you this trailer, again, lar- almost the same way I would show you a music video, uh, which, you know upon further reflection later is really because I like the song in it. Uh, it's this song Bullets by a band I had not heard of before uh, called Archive. But you had a, a specific reaction to to seeing this trailer, and I was wondering if you might talk about that a little bit. Well, um, so in the trailer, there are bullets going through the air, which makes sense for the song. Um, landing on, well, not landing on, shattering off of the face of a woman who is scantily clad in the middle of the street. Maybe scantily clad is a bit of an overstatement. She's just in like a leotard. Almost. I mean, I'd, I'd like call a it uh, a lingerie. Kind of, and it, yeah. it comes off that way. And there's like a, in the background, you see kind of with a, with kind of a distance blur on it, but you can see like a, a storefront that looks like she might have come from there or something like it might be some kind of, uh, you know, gentleman's club or something like that. Yeah, that's it confuses me. Like, it, I look at her and I think robot escort. Um, right, yes. Yeah. Perci- that's my reaction also. Very done up, whatever. And kneeling, which I think, I don't know, really strikes me that image specifically while men are standing over her shooting her with guns which you know the bullets aren't doing anything because ostensibly she's a robot and they're shattering off of her skin and it's all very evocative i guess but yeah it's a slow motion uh scene so like you you the the camera kind of fades up on her face and then kind of jumps back and forth between her face and you know some kind of military group of guys in full armor uh kind of a SWAT team kind of look with very slow motion firing of guns and then you see the bullets kind of fly across the screen and the the camera follows them until they impact her face but kind of the bullets themselves shatter and barely scratch her her cheek is right yeah so anyway my initial reaction to this was something like (laughs) I'm really tired of the video game world always uh, viewing women this way. In this, you know, they're always scantily clad in situations that don't really make a whole lot of sense. That was something you came back to several times was this idea, not just the way she's dressed, but the... you, You kept saying it doesn't make sense where she is for her to be dressed that way. Right. She just 
I mean, from the scene, it, she just killed a bunch of passersby for reasons we don't understand. Yeah, so like there's there's a group of people bloody and dead on the ground that you see later, like the 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 kind of cinematography of the scene is going from her face to bullets to her not being harmed by the bullets to the camera panning even further out to see that she is dangerous. She's got like this weird, weird claw things coming out of her forearms and she's covered in blood and there's bodies everywhere. And at that point you hear what sounds kind of like a police radio kind of thing going on, talking about uh, a massacre and a suspect in custody and things like that. But it just hit me as, you know, this very male gaze of this robot of, well, of course she's wearing a sleeveless or yeah, leotard lingerie thing. And, you know, and it's basically a halter top kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not extreme. It just doesn't like make sense for the middle of the road. And I guess she's a robot, so she's probably not so thinking th- too that much is, about... <laughs> like, I don't want to discount that possibility, because that's definitely my interpretation of this character, is that it's a robot that can take bullets. Like, that's what you knowing, think. Knowing nothing about cyberpunk, the, the universe, that's what I would have expected. But from a little bit of reading that I've done, it sounds like it's not really a a an android focused universe it's an augment focused universe so it's possible you know maybe maybe i don't know anything she's just and she's a real a robot. person with sword arms yeah sword arms and some kind of uh, you know subdermal armor i don't know uh but especially later in the scene or not in the scene but later in the trailer in a different scene uh she seems more human than you would expect in her kind of facial expressions and things when she's kind of in the squad car or whatever but i don't know like Maybe it doesn't matter whether it's a robot or an augmented human, but uh, I don't know. It, it it at least surprised me to to get that sense when I was reading about the universe. Okay. Well, anyway, she's not just over-sexualized for like a weird situation, but j- just the whole thing that this woman with sword arms still manages to be on her knees in a very vulnerable looking position surrounded by men standing over her with guns trying to kill her it just the whole thing bothered me sure and you know that this is men selling to other men this video game that that is why this video is the way it is i mean yeah it it it's striking but it's still that did not make me want to play it. That made me feel like, yeah, just, hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, part of me probably doesn't notice that to begin with because I'm a man, and so, you know. You're a man. I'm a man. Uh, Part of me probably doesn't notice that kind of thing because I see it as part of cyberpunk culture more than part of video game culture when i see that specific mm-hmm. video like i know that that's an easy write-off because that kind of thing is endemic in video games in general it's I not it's kind of endemic in nerd culture sure honestly that that's that's fair enough um but you know i i, I saw it as a, an aspect of genre more than an aspect of medium at the time that doesn't, you know, I don't necessarily mean that that's true. That's like, that was my reaction. Um, I also don't get hung up on, quite as much on whether or not her outfit makes sense in the context. One, because 
like the juxtaposition of the environment with her kind of just her entire look is a big part of what's going on in that scene like the the kind of gradual reveal of and back and forth of your interpretation of what's going on as more of the scene is revealed is is what it's about so you know and then also I, th- I see the scene and if, you know it plays out in the slow motion with camera pans and whatnot and things in the background like the uh you know what looks like maybe i, I don't know either a strip club or some kind of something sexual is implied in the storefront behind her mm-hmm. and in my mind in the narrative that i make up to explain what's going on on the screen like she's come from there and there's something that happened in that place that caused her to go on this murderous rampage and uh that that plays off of the song itself like if you think of the song bullets uh a lot of it is a call to be treated like a human and like the it's not a song with a, a clear narrative. It's kind of a lot of imagery that's just mixed together to evoke a feeling. And so a lot of the lines are a desire to be treated like a human, or it says an ordinary man in the in the thing, but it's a, a male singer. Uh, and, um, and, you know, this implication of personal responsibility, that's one of the lines that's said over and over and over in the song. And so my interpretation from there is that something in the culture or something of the people in the scene, maybe the dead people in the scene are responsible for what we're seeing there. And she's being, you know, held responsible. There's a team of police officers trying to arrest her, but that it's a critique of the culture that has produced this scene. It's hard for me to even go that in depth because it, this is just so, incredibly pervasive in nerd culture not sure not powerful female sexuality like this lowered vulnerable female sexuality in ridiculous situations i mean we're just we just started playing metal gear solid um five five yes. yeah Pain. yeah jonathan just pointed out to me that a female character we will soon meet um wears in a combat zone mind you pants and a bikini top well which i'm sure it comes useful come or comes in handy for defending herself from you know bullets what you don't know about quiet which is the the name of that character and this is a huge digression and of course that's you know kojima is in his own world and there's an explanation for everything i think that it's something like she breathes through her skin and she turns invisible so she can't wear too much clothing or she'll suffocate is my understanding we haven't gotten we haven't actually gotten to quiet i just know that it's coming yeah Uh, but (laughs) But you, you cannot pretend for like sure. she is the first scantily clad woman in the combat situation. Like, I am not arguing for modesty or whatever. I'm saying women not dressed for the jobs they're being called to do in these video games because they're made by guys. And it, it's frustrating. Sure. Uh, something I will point out, though, is that, like, you, you talk about, you know, this vulnerable pose, like you've pointed out that she's kneeling on, uh, like on the pavement in the middle of the road or whatever, while there's a team of men that, that, but the implication, like it's freeze framed. So there's not a lot of movement in the, in the trailer, Mm. but the implication is she is the most dangerous thing there. And 
them even trying to arrest her is problematic like the the scene has the last police officer like behind her with a gun to her head but like the the last thing you see is her kind of closing her eyes like she's about to take some action yeah but then the pose makes no sense to me why is she on her knees how on on earth did she end up on her knees uh i don't know in a combat like who decides in the middle of going on a murderous rampage and trying to fend off the gunshot guys with guns like i'm gonna get on my knees on the pavement my bare knees maybe she's emotionally distraught at all of the murdering she just did she doesn't look emotionally distraught that's true at all she looks serene she has this very serene look on her face oh serene is not how i would describe it it actually the look on her face at that point is kind of vapid in a way that made yeah vacant in a way that made me think like that's part of why i thought she was a robot because she is so emotionless Mm -hmm. in that scene uh which isn't necessarily true later when you see her in the that doesn't really help my point though because like she's like has no personality either she's basically just a sexual object with sword arms no one in this video has personality they're not characters but it's a trailer i I don't know. She just... I mean, so... (sighs) Just for the sake of argument, I'll point out that from a completely different perspective, the men in the trailer are also a a macho type of what a man is, too. Yeah, but they're wearing clothes. Yes. So it's harder to tell. Well, they're also wearing masks. They're they're dehumanized. They're depersonified. They still get to wear clothes. You can see her face. Yeah, they get to wear clothes. It's just <laughs> maybe if they were masked, but then we're also in their underwear. We would be on a similar playing mm. field, and the masks would matter. There we go. They get clothes. <laughs> in the post-apocalyptic future, the men wear tidy whities and nothing else. <laughs> now that trailer. <laughs> Something tells me that that would not sell as well. I don't think women would buy that. <laughs> Someone would. <laughs> so we had this conversation, and I think that this is a pretty good representation. It's actually been a little bit more uh, in-depth because there's intent behind it now. It's a pretty good representation of the conversation that we had, and you know, it, it ultimately comes down to this is the way things are always portrayed, and uh, you know, it's always the sexualized woman with the clothed men standing around the male gaze this kind of interpretation Mm -hmm. and uh you know i kind of realized that a lot of what was drawing me to this video was not not even the scene like you know i can come up with explanations and stories and things about what's going on in the scene but really my emotional connection to it is not the cyberpunk on the screen because i'm not actually that into cyberpunk usually um as a genre um but it was the uh the the music itself i really liked the music so i went and i found the song and i listened to it uh and of course the way you do this today is to look it up on youtube and what did i find but their music video for this song which is notably 
a very conservatively dressed girl on a train, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, not conservatively, but, you know, she's wearing jeans and a hoodie or mm-hmm. something like that, right? Nothing, you know, nothing sexualized at all in her portrayal either time because she appears in the scene as two characters kind of a uh, presumably like her normal self and her evil self or her her outer self and her Mm, inner self or something like that uh and uh strikingly through the video uh, about halfway in a man crawls out of her bag that she set down next to herself topless uh who then you know this you're not not big he's not like a big huge hulking guy but like a muscular kind of lithe guy uh crawls out of her bag and then kind of writhes around in the train uh kind of dancing not really it wouldn't make sense to dance to this song but moving to the music can i just say that in this context writhe is such a creepy word but it also is (laughs) like it's a creepy video like it's supposed to be disturbing yeah um but yeah, I mean, how else would you describe it? I don't know. I would have just said dancing vaguely and not thought about it. Oh, more. well, the, well I mean, we we talked about this earlier, but I think we should take a break then and watch this video because your your memory okay. of it might be. All right. Okay, so. I had a hatchet, it'd be yours to have Cause you're decapitating habits Feel a little bit orgasmic If I gave you a hatchet, it'd be yours to have I kinda like the feeling when you stab me in the back Every time I see you look me in the eye I look straight back cause a part of me will die If I had a hatchet, it'd be yours to have No amount of pain would ever stop me coming back I just want to say again, I love that, that video. I really like the song. And I, it's because I'm a pretentious idiot. And one of the things that I've come to notice about music videos that I like are these things that obviously have some kind of narrative going on, but don't convey it to you in clear, concrete terms and are more just kind of an amalgam of sounds and words and images that are meant to convey the idea or the feeling of some kind of narrative arc or progression without really telling you what it is and so you know this one is is an example of that probably the the most striking one uh but things that i compare this to like people are probably more familiar with uh sia's elastic heart where you've got uh, the young girl dancing in the birdcage with Shia with LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Um, <laughs> like that song is the same Shia way to LaBeouf. me. Like it, it implies to you what's going on, but doesn't really tell you what's going on. And uh, and then also uh, La La La, which is this Naughty Boy song featuring. I I took this as a note. Let me. Look. I think that's a side. Uh, with uh, featuring Sam Smith. It, it, it's kind of but it, at the same time there's a lot of weird imagery and it you know something is going on but you don't know what it is from watching it and and okay i just really like this video a lot but back to the actual conversation yes <laughs> um first of all the phrase i would use to describe what weird man is doing is wigging out he's 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 screaming quite a lot and, He's and, wigging out. Yeah, he wigging out. I think is is apropos. Um, um, 
he he seems to represent some kind of internal struggle or kind of existential angst for the girl who is the the main character in the video like or at least i interpret him as being some mm. kind of personification of part of her i think she killed someone and is remembering where she buried the body there's a scene where you kind of see a black and white view down a hall under a door with light and there's blood in her hands and blood in her it's blood in her hand is very uh, Macbeth. yeah i don't know that i would try to say that it is telling a narrative about someone who has killed someone it's very but, Macbeth. but it's um it's at least evocative of her dealing with a sense of guilt and how she responds to it in kind of in the abstract i i would yeah. say it's about guilt uh and about maybe even a desire to be forgiven but a desire to see oneself as human mm-hmm. even in the the you know to get past the sense of guilt that's dominating her life so what i would say is even though there is a guy without a shirt on uh, there are all kinds of things about that that do not make him a sexualized being in quite the same way. I think you disagree, but I don't know that I disagree. But I'm I'm I would love to hear your your reaction to the video in that light. Um. So first of all, he's standing up while she's sitting down. Just gonna say that again. Like elevation matters when you're looking at symbolism. Well, there's also a a part of it where he's crawling towards her. Yeah, he's also just really creepy and uncanny. Like robot girl with uh with you know dagger arms. I don't know. It still feels to me like he has a lot of the power in this situation. Like, I, it's hard to understand why the girl isn't acting scared or anything. Yeah, the most of the video, he, he is, as you say, wigging out. Near yeah. the end of his part of the video, like, he gets that kind of far away, uh, mom just doesn't understand look in his eye with light kind of going across him and he's calmed down. But yeah, like... A lot of what happens in the video is frightening and part of what's striking about it is her just kind of sitting there and watching and not really reacting. Right. And so even though Robot Girl, like if you really think about it, probably would have had to have the power in that situation. That is not how it is shown and that's not how you feel. She still feels very vulnerable and very sexualized and beneath the people around her who are coming to destroy her. Um, And... I mean, and that's what I mean. The gaze. It's not about the narrative. It's it's this constant portrayal of people this way. Um, so she is still in the music video, meek and sitting down and quiet. And it's... well, one of her is meek. The yeah, other one, one her is, is still, renegade her. I guess, but renegade by the fact that she has like an. Uh, angry hostile look on her face she's blood flows from her fingers she they both have blood on their hands or well that's true like it starts in in one of them and appears in the other black ink looking stuff whatever anyway i still think that they give a lot of power to the guy in the scene and that his shirtlessness is threatening and not sexual like it just makes him seem weirder and it's pointing out all the ways he has power 
plus I would add that these are different genres and I do think that the music absolutely it was just it, more mature it was just it very things. convenient that after we had this hour-long conversation about uh about you know scantily clad women in media that literally another version of the same song another video that had the same song in it was exactly the opposite and you know mm. it, it was just a good excuse to talk about sure but you know it <laughs> My main point in the beginning was that it's difficult being a girl playing video games because it's very like I and, and I'm not going to go on a a rant about evil men. It just feels like you're well, puritanical and you're trying to take away our feels. Well intentioned guys who I have every respect for in the world just have this. And it's because there's not enough women involved in the industry to balance it out. It's almost impossible to have a perspective that you simply do not have when creating things that you know it doesn't come off to you that way and, and you know, i'm not offended it's just this like probably uh, more tired yeah again well let me ask you this so like in terms of like the rhetoric of the conversation i have a hard time digesting the complaint that a woman with less clothes on in one video is exploitative but a man with less clothes on in a, another video with the same emotional through line because it's got the same music in it is that doesn't mean it has the same emotional sure. through line I, I don't know like my reaction to it is but that's because i'm focusing on the music from the beginning right uh <laughs> Do you disagree that he seems threatening and she only does retrospectively when you think about what must have happened? What I disagree with is that the woman in the trailer doesn't seem threatening. Like, I know that her stance is a submissive stance, mm -hmm. but it's strongly implied that she's about to kill everyone. And... So I have a hard time digesting the complaint that she, in her presumed strength, even if in a currently passive state, uh, is more exploitative in her dress than the man in the music video who, in his stance, is threatening, but in reality is not because he doesn't even exist. But and I don't have, mean to dismiss the very real problems. Like, there the, are obviously endemic problems the here. The culture of video games is just, it's constant. And, you know, yeah, maybe uh, there are the machismo overly done male figures, but they're balanced out with, like, big chubby guys more often and regular guys. And, and I don't then, know that that's true. Yes, but, it is. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, women, if you get someone chubby, they're almost always someone's mom. They're never, like, actively involved in the story. But where do you have chubby male figures in video games? You do. <laughs> Name one. Final Fantasy IX. Basically, all of Zidane's... Uh, little band of guys are like chubby awkward little 
misfits. I mean, but that that game doesn't have sexualized female characters either. That's just kind of a Popeye people super deformed game. Are you kidding me? Like they make all of Dagger's clothes overly ridiculously Maybe. tight, and then he makes comments about her butt through the whole thing. I don't remember that, but I also played that game weirdly I mean, on and off. It's childish. And yeah. It's not like crazy or over the top, but it's still there. Hmm. The closest it's, thing you have to a girl being portrayed tell me, that way is the the big weird character who they call it because it might be male or female. I forget what Quina. Yeah. No, no. The, there's the uh, the other character. I, like the really tall character, there's there's like another race of beings. Isn't that a girl? In, yeah, in Freya. Nine? Yeah, Freya. There we go. She's thin and lithe, but oh come on, she's wearing a full body robe. She's not okay. sexualized. Fair enough, but they also had to make her not human in order to do it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> give me an example. So like this, this is obviously a very different kind of of media to Final Fantasy IX. Like that is a super deformed you know pastel colors fantasy okay, but game. i'm saying this is pervasive throughout video game culture no i'm asking for a an example of where men are not idealized in a game that looks realistic like this what have you been playing recently metal gear solid 5 dark souls various zeldas mm-hmm. um I guess we played some space games with Shepard. Trying to think of the characters. Yeah. Our female Shepard uh, was a good character. She was not overly sexualized. We had to do that. The default <laughs> is not that way. I guess the male characters are all pretty... They're either alien or they're... But they're supposed to be in the military, so that makes sense. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ish. Ish. I don't know. I feel like Final Fantasy is a good example, at least in the video game world, of how they are willing to make men look sillier or chubbier and not women when it happens. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying that there isn't a bent towards overly attractive, unrealistically masculine men, too. It's just there are places where it's unfairly shifted. Well, that's kind of my point in comparing it to the video, like the the music video, is, you know, you you watch that music video and don't have a negative reaction to it, at least not any way that's <clears throat> part of this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Like you might not like it, but you don't see it as an exploitative work of male sexuality that uses the topless man for, you know some objective benefit it's more that men get other representations and women often do not so you i i might say that it is exploitative for both but women at least get balanced or men at least get balanced out with these situations where they're not that way and women rarely do and it's as as little as it can feel like it is that way in media and like television and music industry it's even less in video games because it is, you know, it's still a genre that's growing up and that is even more dominated by men than the others are. And it couldn't be any clearer between this trailer and the video. Like, the video is obviously 
a piece of culturally significant art Mm -hmm. that has something to say and the trailer is you know escapist uh cyberpunk fantasy universe schlock right so that that's obviously true um but i don't know i i definitely agree with you on the broader point there are definitely pervasively and more often than not problematic portrayals of women in video games and you've brought up final fantasy a couple times and that's obviously true the the you know the portrayal of women in a lot of japanese video games are are problematic well and it's not like i don't think there should be any of those characters even a lot but you know it's natural for anybody to look through any kind of media and think where are the people that look like me and you know kind of short and chubby not that so i i never find women that make me go wow i sure. can identify with you so that's that's something i want to address specifically and separately and it's not really like i think it's a larger question than what you see in this video because like you you see this trailer and you can ask is this a problem or not but i think there's a separate problem which is is it valid for let's say art in general will accept for the time being the position of even this trailer as a a type of art Um, is it acceptable for art to portray a culture's expectation of idealization or should art be representative like is it problematic for the art to be at least from a certain perspective idealized i mean i've heard that perspective before but from my own knowledge of art history and what i've looked at most of the time i mean i'm sure there are probably examples people could point out to me if this wasn't true but from everything i've seen i de- there are ideals idealized women but they're not impossible women they're the most beautiful women but we live in a culture now where there are impossible women portrayed all the time on magazines. And it's worse than video games because you make, can make them be whatever you want. And there isn't even an original photo file of the real woman. Sure. I think that's a really valid point that it's it's not even a question of ideal anymore. It is fantasy as mm-hmm. opposed to ideal. Right. Like the no women look like the idealized version of women anymore not even the women that are like in original photo sh- uh, shoots in magazines like they don't look like that of course that that doesn't really speak to this because i don't know maybe you would disagree but there's nothing unrealistic about the figure of the woman on the screen it's well, more about her clothing well, right. I mean, obviously the woman shouldn't have swords coming out of her arms whatever but that's where i come back to in video games like i i don't want to be over the top or um a prude about it like i'm not i'm not ridiculous but that's why it bothers me when i see women in clothing inappropriate for their context it's not like never but they're but women who are wearing clothes that are not suitable for what they're doing means to me we are going out of our way to do this in a way in a place where we can't even really justify it but we just wanted to make sure there was a woman there for us to look at and you can make all kinds of reasons why this is different and i kind of get that but that is my initial reaction is Oh, again, we have a woman in almost no clothing in a combat situation. Sure. Not a bar, 
not a hotel, in a combat zone. And that's what bothers me with video games. Like, I can kind of accept the over-idealization and even the prevalence of impossible fantasized women, but I at least am still kind of looking for, like, this respect for them or an ability for them to even know how to dress themselves, but it, but they're not dressing for themselves. They are dressing for the people who made them. You know, she had a whole day planned of murdering and she just forgot to get dressed in the morning. And she was wearing high heels too. Don't get me started That's on contexts in which women wear high heels. That she, are just you know, absurd. They, they were uh, overturned by the side, but you know, she shed her heels in her murdering, it would seem. To be fair, I don't really believe it when Shonda Rhimes puts all of her women in high heels for all their lawyering and doctor situations and things. So they wouldn't be the first ones. But I don't like it when she does it either. But, you know, I don't appreciate inappropriate footwear. Yeah. I, you know, I I guess I can see your, your overall point, which is that you can't just watch this in isolation. Like, I can take this specific trailer and give an explanation of the narrative that led to the scene in my mind and point to all of the things and it's probably true it's why the scene was designed that way to give a justification of this kind of emotionally impactful scene uh, but you have to take it in the context of what every video game like this is which is precisely what you're describing and I think that's fair enough and I also think that uh, lame excuses to put women in clothing they would never wear for the situations they find themselves in well you know if kojima had been part of writing that trailer we would have found out later that she can't wear clothing because she photosynthesizes and if she wears clothes she'll die i appreciate kojima bending over backwards to come up with amazing explanations for these things also if kojima had designed this trailer it would have used youtube's new vr support and you would have been able to zoom in on parts of it so i i don't know i i don't have like a hard line of what i think women should wear or not wear in anything but i i just when it's not context appropriate it tells me that it is not for her and it should be right for her so at least a tiny little piece of it should be like yeah it makes sense for her to wear clothing like this so would you find this more acceptable if it was inside of the imagined strip club yeah, actually. Yeah. So as, then, as weird and minute as that seems, it, I I don't think it's weird. I I kind of get it. Um, there are other problematic things with that too, but maybe you it, it at least bypasses your your complaint that it's always a juxtaposition of the vulnerable woman in a threatening scenario. Um, then actually, if she was in in a place where you expect her to be worn. Uh, uh, wearing that she would say much more threatening and more powerful because suddenly she's in this place where men expect to feel safe and are not and it and the, you know all of the imagery just turns on its head and it she suddenly feels much more threatening and powerful especially if she's up high on a stage you know there's all kinds of things in that situation where it could be like she could be terrifying in the same position. Sure. And they chose to put her in a position where she wasn't. So let, let me ask you then from the perspective of the music video, what permutation of that video makes 
like what would it look like for that to have the man be like do it the other way what Mm -hmm. would make that video problematic to you um well that one is kind of all fantasy isn't the right word it's like very dreamlike and not yeah it, it, it's she's like a fever crazy. dream it, it, it's kind of you know she's kind of half awake on on the bus or on a train or something and it's kind of implied that this is a hallucination or a dream she's having on the on the train and or it at least feels that way I mean, just off the top of my head, if it was not a dream state video, if it was a real train and there was just a dude hanging out without a shirt and she was staring at him the whole time and there is no reason why this dude would would dress this way on a train, like, let's give him a briefcase and a newspaper so he's on his way to his job and he just doesn't happen to have a shirt. Like, I feel like that is the level of absurdity that women are put in these contexts sometimes let's let's make it clear that he's on his way to a business meeting and he just decided to wear no shirt because it makes him feel powerful like that or you know whatever or because she likes to look at him or because no reason at all like that would then i would go he would never dress that way that's weird who did that to him like that's obviously a it's a strange thing to ask, for me to ask you to describe for sure because it's you know it's already an abstract thing so mm-hmm. how do you permute it and still have it be the same video mm-hmm. uh, but do you think you would feel differently about it if he were in some way actually directly under threat by renegade her sure yeah if the power was switched a little bit I'm not, I mean, I'd have to see it because that could be portrayed different ways. Sure. But if it felt like he was her victim, it would, it, even without making it a non dream state, would, um, yeah, if she felt threatening to him and he seemed vulnerable and like in a submissive place, then yeah, that would be much closer. And he kinds of ends in a submissive place again right at the end of his part of the scene. I, would, I hadn't thought of it this way before, but it's, you know, you implied that you think that uh that she's killed someone and maybe one of the interpretations you're supposed to take away that he might be her victim because he's the baggage she's carrying around yeah and that's why i thought of it that way but like the actual visual of him on the screen is just threatening the whole time except at the very end where it's kind of just suddenly less threatening after the music crescendos Right, but, you know, if it really isn't about a murder, they could have portrayed part of the murder and her coming after him and him being all terrified and submissive, and, you know, they don't do that. that that's not the part they chose. Rarely does media show a man in a... I mean, not never. Certainly TV and movies and music are a little bit more into that, but it's just much more rare for a man to be in that position of victimization. So part of me is afraid that if you did have that version of that video where the man was more directly under threat by the female character, Mm. that you would just fall under a different criticism of, you know, the, the type of the, the woman who's dangerous to the man and who isn't to be trusted, which is another 
kind I don't of know. generally criticized uh, portrayal of a woman. Well, then you just get into the problem where if a woman is put in a position of power, that it's almost always a bad thing. Whereas if a man is, it can often be like strong and good. And, you know, it's the, if a man is a CEO, he's seen as powerful and confident. If a woman is a CEO, she's called bad names. Okay, fair enough. I mean, in in this specific example, they're both critiques of power, so they they both put cast power in a negative light. But I I see the argument in the general sense. It, it's definitely not. Often these things are not made with women in mind. That's true. Should be more pink, and there should be ponies. Yeah, because that's what I was hoping for. I understand that that's what the women want. It's what I learned from walking down the Lego aisle at, at Target. Their bullets should have been rainbows. Oh, man. And puppies. Yes. And bubbles. Why weren't they puppies and bubbles and rainbows? That's the game we should make. Is <laughs> puppet, rainbow, pony, uh, uh, bullet shooter. Okay, well, I don't want to go too far with talking about being offended because I'm not really. It's just, you know, everyone looks at media and the literature they consume, they're looking for themselves. And it, it can get frustrated, frustrating as a woman who loves video games because I do. I really do, as especially as a potential genre that could grow and mature and... Uh, really come into its own in the future. It's really frustrating to to find it very difficult to find myself in it. And it's not the only media with that problem. And I'm not saying we can't have these other representations at all. I'm just saying that it's much harder to accept them when you never find yourself in them. Well, aside from totally awesome black female shepherd in our playthrough of Mass Effect, can you... uh... Can you think of any specific game, even one, that made you feel that way? Where you felt like there was a female character that was portrayed well or that you found yourself in? Hmm. You know, other than Tomb Raider. Yeah. I don't identify with Lara Croft. Lara, Lara Croft. Craft, Croft. Croft. Now I want to call it Lara Craft because it makes me think of cheese. There we go. <laughs> um, maybe some side characters here and there, or at least. You know, we had a little bit of a positive reaction to Persona Four, but you'd probably put yourself between two of the female characters that we had there more than I, either of them. I do really like. No, I do really like the. Uh, Chie or Yukiko? Yeah, I do really like Chie. Actually, I would say Yukiko is more expected from that kind of a Japanese video game. Yeah. She's more in line with what I'm used to. Chie is good. Chie is really good. She's at least strong and not overly femaled. She's a girl, but she's just less prissy. I don't know. I like Chie a lot. She's good. Hmm. Oh, I kind of like the weird princess in Twilight Princess, but that's because she's kind of an imp the whole time. But she's a good character. Yeah, what's her name again? Midna? 
Is that Midna. it? Yeah. yeah. Midna's a great character. She's strong and sarcastic and not like... Um, but also fallible. Like you fallible. spend the whole first half yeah. of that game, you know, amassing power and then it's useless. And But she's basically good and she's snarky and she's not terribly vulnerable feeling even though she i mean she is but she doesn't ever let that on like she's really good i like her a lot yeah that's that's a good poll i like midna a lot especially in relief to zelda who you know Zelda's where is zelda in twilight princess? princess she's around they, they have a conversation i kind of like midna being a contrast to Zelda. Huh. I don't have a problem with Zelda. She's, you know, your basic fantasy princess. But Minda's a really good shadow character to Zelda. They have done interesting things with Zelda in certain Zelda games. So, like, in Ocarina of Time, you have the whole back half of the game as Zelda is secretly the most powerful character going around and orchestrating everything. Uh, yeah, and I like what they do with her... Uh, her alternate persona. Yeah, it's a little That's... bit annoying that the minute she's revealed to not be male chic, but actually Princess Zelda, uh, that she becomes instantly vulnerable again and subject to capture. Yeah, that's pretty annoying. Um, and then in, you, you might not recall, but in Skyward Sword, uh, Princess Zelda is always one step ahead of you. You like spend the whole time trying to get to Zelda, and she and Impa are always one level beyond where you are in the quest, which is kind of another interesting take on that trope that she's not captured. She's just doing other things. No, if only I really acknowledged that that game existed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, some of those are good. More of them need to be more believable um, human figures. They're all still, you know, they're all going to be thin and live in some way. Well, that that's actually something that I think Midna is is a really yeah. good example for. Because, you know, her impish version of her is kind of a, a weird, chubby, you know, imp. Yeah, that's part of what makes rides it rides on your back. Yeah. Or someone she, she turns into her full princess. She self. turns into a Disney princess at the end. Sure. But it's yeah. for all of 10 seconds before the game is over. It is a really... Yeah, it, it's good in the beginning, though. Um, try to think if there's any others... I mean, I'll let you know, but she Midna's probably the closest. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good, uh, a good one, and Twilight Princess. <sighs> okay, well, I think that's. I think this one's gone pretty well. What do you think? I think we're okay. Okay. So people should probably write us email, right? And I think we're having sure. write email to late to the party at civilfritz.net. And hopefully people can send us some good questions. Tell us what to talk about. I have some ideas. But, you know, it would be cool to hear from people. Yeah. I'd be um, up for that. Yeah. Anything else that we should do before we go? No. What?
outro music. Nah, 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 well, this nah, one's nah, easy because nah, I'll just nah, mix nah. in archive songs. Nah, 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 nah. You're going to use that, right? I'll find a place. 